seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. Welcome, friends. This is a really fun and interesting episode of Color of Magic because, man, there are so many social issues going on right now that I just want to give you fair warning that we may get out of line a little bit. We might use some words or colorful language on this one and uh, just giving you a heads up before we get too deep into it. But welcome to episode 163 of Color of Magic, your magic and gaming podcast, where we talk about all types of issues that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. And for 163 episodes, I still got my man Brian Allen riding shotgun. How's it going, dude? Uh, pretty good. It's uh, uh, birthday number yeah, 48. I'll go ahead and say it out loud. Hey, dude, it's all right. Hey, you know what? Things of quality have no fear of time. There you go. That's that's, that's, that's the next person that calls me old. <laughs> exactly. That that's what you got to hold on to, man. But yeah, but to be fair though, you probably honestly, I tell people like I feel like I'm doing more that I know more that I don't know, man. It, it's hard to say life isn't I'm like don't be wrong. The world has a lot of issues. But I think personally I feel like I can just do more and achieve more whatever with all the knowledge I've gained, you know? Yeah. Till I try to pick something up <laughs> or stretch. <laughs> well, that's true. That you see, that's why you got to learn to delegate. See, like you, yeah. you're like, ah, I need you to go grab that for me. My back's not so good no more. Yeah, like I saw somebody on, I think it was Twitter, talking about how, like, yeah, if you're over 35, just hire a mover. Your friends ain't trying to throw their back out for a pizza and a couple of beers anymore. That's real, though, man. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, if you have some friends that need some money. And you're like, hey, dog, hook you up, give you 50 bucks, 100 bucks for the day, whatever. You come help me out. OK, cool. I get it. But if your other friends are in situations like you, just save up, get a mover. Yeah. I'd say 100, like, no, nah, I wouldn't. That, that'd be <laughs> that uncover your medical bills. If, if no, you I, disc. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not going to say another 40, 50 year olds now. I'm saying you got some other friends in their, tw- their 20s and 30s. You pay them, you know. I'd feel bad paying somebody in their 20s <laughs> 100 bucks. I hear See, I got a lot of people that owe me favors. So, you know. But no, seriously, I mean, it's it's tough because movers aren't, aren't necessarily the cheapest, obviously. But I can tell you from my last move, you know, especially moving into a place that had stairs. They came over and they stayed practically all day. They got everything loaded up, got it over here, made a couple of trips. And dude, they were literally here till after sundown. I, I, even for the movers, I didn't know these people. Like I ordered pizza. I got them some extra drinks. I tipped them extra, even beyond what we paid their company. Cause like, I, man, I appreciated all the work they did that I didn't have to do. So if you, if you can't afford it, man, it's worth it. Take care of those folks for real. Cause that's real work. But before we get into this episode, like we talked about with all the, the issues we need to cover this week, be sure to check out our sponsor over at Cardsphere. And honestly, I don't know how, like I can say this enough, especially right now, if you're on a budget and you're doing holiday shopping and you you still want to get stuff for yourself or whatever, or maybe keep them in mind. So when you get those, those extra, you know, Visa gift cards or whatever for the holidays that people put some money on and whatnot. Go check them out over at Cardsphere. You can get some cards at pretty good prices because you can literally name your price. And that's you can't do that on any other site, really. Like It's really worth checking out. And they are really good people, really long-term supporters of the show. So go pay them some love over at Cardsphere.com. And then 
If you want to support us directly, go over to patreon.com slash color magic. And you could get a shout out just like Omar Faust. Thank you for being a member, friend. And if you want to get stuff for yourself and then take it out into the world, go to your local store, especially since you're going to be out during the holiday break. Maybe you're going to go play some F&Ms, go to a little regional tournament or something. Get you some playmat and some tokens. You can get that over at colorofmtg.com slash shop. All right, let's get into this mess we got to deal with this week. This first one, for any of you that follow me on socials, I shared this yesterday. But this is a case where, I, I tell you, like generally, people come trolling, people say some dumb stuff. I usually either just ignore it, I delete it. Maybe I'll hide user from channel if it's bad enough, you know, whatever. I don't really pay it too much attention because I'm a big believer that the more success you have, the more haters you're going to have. And at some point, you got to just balance that or learn to deal with it, ignore it, whatever. But then there's other days where they post something and they happen to get me on a day where I got some time. And that's where I just look, I crack my knuckles, turn my hat backwards into petty mode. And, you know, we just got to go back at them. And let me say this, too. And matter of fact, I'll even read the exchange here in a second. But the problem I have with it is there's a lot of people out there that will go to somebody's stream, their social media feed, their YouTube channel, whatever, and think that because this person is of status, I won't say they're they're important or anything because I, I don't want to overblow myself here, right? I'm I'm not really anybody yet. But you look at them as being somebody of status trying to protect their image or whatever. So you're gonna take a shot at this person, knowing damn well you're like, ah, well, they're not gonna get to say anything back to me because that's just gonna make them look bad or they don't want to lose their sponsors or then whatever, sir. You know, which by the way, none of my sponsors give a damn if I shoot back at somebody. Like they would, they wouldn't be my sponsors if they did. I'll tell you that right now. So that's not a safe bet. But I have seen people, hell, I've had people say some dumb stuff to me and then I crack back and then they would say, oh, so this is how you treat your viewers and blah, blah, blah. Like, bro, you started it. You came into my house and said some crazy stuff. So yeah, I am. Like, I would do that anywhere. You could you could see me down at that Target. I'd do the same thing. And anybody who knows me will tell you, I am a generally nice person 99.9% of the time. But if I see you being crazy, I'm going to call you on your crazy. But this doesn't actually fall into crazy right off the bat. But this person, I'll, I'll read you what they posted, actually. They said, when I see people put in random a random shieldred or fable talking about uh, the black creature, Shieldred, and Fable of the Mirror Breaker. It pains me as a deck builder to see synergy thrown out the window for perceived value. Which, one, that's kind of the actual goal when you're trying to make a competitive deck. So this argument already doesn't make any sense. I love, own, play both of these cards. And that's actually how they word it. But they are not ubiquitous. Yet show up like they are. It shows an inherent lack of deck building skills. Okay, so now this person's making an indictment on my work 
because they don't like seeing a particular card. I'm sure they feel this way about others. This also sounds like somebody who's probably butthurt because they lost to the card, either of these cards, more than enough times to just be mad at them. But that's fine. There are more than enough other cards since Bro to make more synergistic dragon make make a more synergistic dragon deck that's still competitive in Jund. Not only my own, but others I've played against. I'm not really sure how those go together, other than saying that, like, he, I guess, maybe has played against some that look different. Now, and I was almost about to let it go. I even said, all right, fine, whatever. But then, this last, he tried to do the, I'm going to give you, give you a, a negative statement and try to sweeten it. Right after that, he gave me the, shame on you. And also, thank you for listening to my rant over this pet peeve of mine. Have a good day, sir. I'm like, how do you drop a shame on you? And then be like, and thank you for listening to me. Like, like what? What? So I was like, nah, not today. I had some time. I had to get petty. So trying to toss shame, and this is my response. I said, trying to toss shame and a thank you together is already amusing. And note that there's no shame being had here, so no idea where you're getting off on that. I said, but also, if you look at the deck we're playing, we have a solid amount of pain lands, and this actually gets you some extra life by playing the Shieldred. And it gives you a big body against other aggro threats. And it can be played on turn four with the two mana creatures that we're playing on turn two. I said, and... It's better than most of the other dragons you would play in those colors at similar cost that aren't already in the deck. So it's not like this card just got thrown in here. <laughs> it's like it has a purpose. So when the when a card's good, it's going to end up in a lot of decks. And it's better than just a lot of the other card choices, whether you like it or not. Said, or you can shove a worse card in the deck for the sake of doing so. But then I'm pretty sure you'd also fall into the camp of being one of those people that's wanting to tell someone their deck is worse because it's playing a bad card just to play it. So it's not as simple as the card just being shoved into the list. But that said, even if somebody did just shove a card in their list, who cares? It's their list. They might be a pet card. It might just be a card they enjoy. It might be just what they had in their collection. Because, you know, arena... Cards are hard to come by sometimes for people. It says, or like in this case, they might actually think it's the best choice. Let them do their thing. If you don't like it, make the changes how you want. Build your own. Magic gives you that flexibility. And if you're not going to build it or play it anyway, what does it matter? And then the real petty kicker was, and again, as for the shame, shame in the words of The Rock, and I linked to a YouTube video of just Rock saying, you can take that some bitch, turn that some bitch sideways, and stick it straight up your candy ass, because that's the way I felt about this. And amazingly, lots of praise for this, actually. So everybody agreed with me. <laughs> Normally I have some knuckleheads that go like, ah, you probably should have done. It. No, but actually none of the naysayers this time. Everybody kind of went, yeah, this dude's in the wrong. And I didn't put the person on blast. I didn't post their their youtube id or anything like that i just shared their statement in, in my reply but yeah man i just i just think too often there are people that want to come after creators public figures whatever when you think they're just not going to clap back but when they do you can't be offended by it like you walked into that you went and literally shook the hornet's nest 
Like you got to deal with whatever happens. So I don't know. That that's the way I feel. That's what I dealt with this week. Fortunately, the person didn't even respond. Hell, for all I know, they probably unfollowed me. I don't even think they were a subscriber or follower, honestly. So no harm done, no loss, no money lost. So I don't really care. But I just felt the need to like when these things come up, especially when you give me the the shame on you. Like what? Really? Like that's where you're going? And then the have a good day, sir. Like, man, whatever. <laughs> like, get out of here with that. All right. I'm all done, Brian. That, that was, I don't know. I took up a lot of time. I wasted probably people. I don't know. I just felt it needed to be said. <laughs> uh, just, uh, another, and sadly, what's become a typical week in America, multiple mass shootings. Virginia hadn't even really finished mourning the previous mass shooting at the university, and then there's a mass shooting inside of Walmart. This is just, it's beyond out of hand. It's just, it's on a weekly or I'll just put almost daily basis. And then you wonder how we accept this, how we live with this. And you see some of the comments that, that come at like a reporter that covered the, uh, the latest, uh, the club Q shooting in Colorado. She shared some of the comments that she's received since then. And it's people just, heartless talking about like oh my god are you still covering the shooting at the gay nightclub is there no other news now they know good and well had a church gotten shot up they they couldn't hear enough about it but because it's a gay club they want you to stop talking about it people just and then uh did did you see that lady on tucker carlson that he interviewed she said she said straight up this will not stop until we we get away from accepting this lifestyle or something along those words yeah but it literally said this is not going to stop until we quit basically saying it's okay to be gay and I- then the club shooter who's uh, i guess they talked to his dad and he said you know oh i was i, I was afraid he might be gay because that would have been unacceptable so mass murder is cool with you dude but, worse than that, if- that dude said straight up i'm mormon i'm a conservative republican we don't do gay here like straight up just made the checklist and said, and no gay. <laughs> like what? But but mass murder he apparently is more okay with. I Oh yeah, he didn't blink an eye once he found out that once he found out his son was the shooter and not a gay person at the club, he didn't care. So yeah, it's becoming easy to see how we put up with this because at least I mean, I hate to say fifty percent of the country, but a a serious a, Clearly, a non-zero number are, are more okay with the, with somebody being a bad shooter than they are somebody being gay. I, and by the way, this dude throwing out that he's Mormon and whatever, like, the Mormon church, the Latter-day Saints, came out and said, they're fine. Be gay. They said that two yeah. weeks ago. They made a public statement and said, we don't care. Like, we don't agree with it, but you do you, we do us. So even they're on the side of just going like, yeah, whatever, do your thing. So I don't. This is just like up there with people, the the Christians I know, trying to say like, well, I don't agree with the Pope. And I'm like, he's he's your like, especially if you're Catholic, like he's the highest level. Like so, I I don't even know what people are doing no more. And this is tough because, you know, we go all the way back to the, the Madden shooting, what five years ago, or whatever it was yeah. now, right? That was already concerning. Because that, at the time, felt like it came out of left field. 
but now you know we we've already talked about like not being able to go to certain events knowing the local community or city or state in some cases carry certain views against certain people like how do you even want to go to events in some places now if you think there's a real tension like imagine if you were if you're gay lesbian whatever like you decide or trans like do you not want to go to an event in the midwest or deep south you know what i mean like that, that I could, could understand your concern. Absolutely. Especially if it's known that the person running the event is also of that background. Right? Like, now you're like, okay, well, now they might have a target on this person. So, like, do I show up and support their thing? Because I want to support them. But now I know I'm possibly at risk because they're going to know there's, like, 50 of us in one location or whatever it is. Right? It's <sighs> These are things that I don't think a lot of people think... These are these are real thoughts that are had that I think a lot of people don't consider. And and that's why we bring them up on the show, because I think there's a lot of situations where people won't have to have that thought. But realizing that the rest of us have these thoughts is kind of crazy to them. Because, like I said, there are literal towns in Texas that I would try to guesstimate how long the events were going to run. Yeah. And if I was going to go by myself or with a group. To decide if I even wanted to go. Like, I, that's real. Like, I told you, there was that trucker that he was he was in one of those towns. And the people were freaking out about, like, right? dude, we got to get your truck unloaded. We got to get you out of here. And he's like, I don't even understand, right? The fact that that many people were like, bro, we got to get you unloaded and out of here before sundown. Like, if they're treating a random trucker like that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right? what are they going to do to somebody else? Who's just hanging out and about going shopping or doing whatever, going to a late night restaurant or whatever. Right. Like it's tough, man. And I don't know what the, what the answer is at this point, but we, we can, I think definitively say it's not more thoughts and prayers. We, yes, we, definitely we, not that that. We've established. Definitely not that. And it's, it sucks, man, because the more of those boxes you check, whether it's being a minority being gay hell being gay and married you know like that's a thing being trans whatever like those put you in more areas of danger when there should be zero like obviously there's always gonna be some element of danger because you know whatever the world is the world but you shouldn't have to worry about well okay we just want to go out to the club and hang out with some friends tonight right we want to go to this restaurant hell in some cases your own neighborhood being outside can get you in trouble. Hell, we had a, a thing. I think it was in, was it in Portland where a dude went and tried to throw a Molotov cocktail into a bar just because they promoted a drag show. Oh my God. Fortunately, apparently he was bad at making his explosives. So it didn't like blow up the way it was supposed to. And they were able to save. Most yeah. Now that you mentioned it, I did see that. Cause I remember that it didn't blow up. Thankfully, but Still, it's just like the fact that that was even. And oh, by the way, dude looked stereotypical and had his MAGA hat on while he did it. Just saying, like this is this is what it is. I know people don't want to talk about politics or whatever, but situations are what they are. It's on film. Like it, it gets tough because even because I've even had people ask me recently about 
hey, would you be interested in getting back and running events and whatever? Because I've talked with some people about some cool tournament ideas of things we could do, whatever. But I've literally had the thought of, I don't even know if I want the hassle right now. Like, because of the security measures you have to take, you know, still having the people dealing with masks, no masks, blah, blah, whatever. You know, even I wanted to have that fight with people. Knowing there's certain areas that are probably better for me to run events and not just because of who I am. Like, I, I truly don't know. Which is terrible. Like, th- those shouldn't be considerations for like, hey, let's just do a really fun event and do something for the locals there that they'll really like. But yeah, and I don't even think people realize how many things they're missing out on or how many people don't come participate in your area or what celebrities don't come or whatever because of the views that are held in your local area. Hell, we saw that that Indianapolis or uh, Indiana and the city of Indianapolis almost lost a whole lot of events because they were about to just like push some gay bills through and hell, the people with Gen Con were like, cool, we'll just rip this out and put it somewhere else. The NCAA was like, you know what? Maybe I don't need them Big Ten championships or whatever. <laughs> right? Like they were just going to start ripping stuff out left and right. And then they were like, ah, well, hold up a second. Maybe we were wrong. <laughs> yeah. Once the money happened, they were like, ah, hold up a sec. <laughs> we speak too harshly. Yeah. So it, it's rough, man. It It is rough. But I'm with you. Like these things are out of hand. I don't. I, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to fear monger and say don't ever go to an event or anything like that. Like it's it's just tough that we while going to these events, we know that this type of stuff is a possibility. Cause we ain't even talking about going to the, it's like, you know, going to Walmart at this well, yeah. point. At this point, you're right. It's not even events anymore, right? It's just can I even go shopping? Hell, I shouldn't be of, a thing you would have to worry about, but in America as it stands, it is a thing you gotta worry about. Only loosely related because it's a shooting by an officer. I don't know if you saw the story from last week as well, where the officer pulls up in this parking lot of this his family dollar, pulls up on a on a black teenager, I believe the kid was 15, says something to him. The kid's like, nah, I guess either it wasn't me or whatever, I'm good. Starts to run away. Cop gets out and shoots him. Wow. There are witnesses literally staring. Like there's video of like a, one of the dudes even yelling at the cop, talking to him face-to-face because he stood right there and saw it. Multiple witnesses. Still, they're like, nah, we need to investigate it, blah, blah, do all this. Apparently tried to hassle Family Dollar to put out the actual footage because, like, it's right in front of your store. You obviously have footage of this. They eventually gave it to the police, and then the police were holding on to it. Then there was all this commotion, protesting, whatever, and then they finally released it, which was obviously doctored. They didn't give the actual raw footage. So now there's a big boycott against Family Dollar and Dollar General because they're owned by the same people. But I was like, yeah, I, I'd have done the same thing. If I sit there and watch somebody get killed and you're like, I don't know, we're not really going to put the footage out. We're going to go give it to the cops first. Like, nah, nah. But you're right. Like, that's also somebody just being out shopping. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is crazy. I don't, I don't know, man. It's terrible. I know it's gloomy, but yeah, you, we got to get some laws changed or something because this, this is crazy. Like the, the level of thoughts and concerns we have to have now just to even do anything or put anything on, especially coming out of COVID, you got people trying to go out and do stuff for the first time again. Like nobody wants that extra concern on their head, you know? But anyway, let's talk about some stuff that's a little... 
little less bad, I guess, because it's that time of the week. Even with all this going on, we did actually learn some stuff that was interesting and worth sharing. So why don't you tell everybody what you learned, Brian? Seems like every week I find something else that Hasbro owns that I had no idea about. And apparently they, apparently the rookie, the TV show on ABC, and then now there's a, a Nisi Nash based spinoff, basically same thing, like a cop that, or I think, I think she's an FBI agent that's, you know, I don't know, 40 some odd years old and decided to become an FBI agent. And then uh, Hasbro owns that, and apparently also on the company that did uh, The Woman King, if you heard about that movie with Viola Davis, it just came yeah, out recently. I heard about it, but I hadn't seen it yet. So uh, I want my Woman King secret lair, basically is what I'm trying to say. When, when is that coming out? Hey, there's, what is it, the International Women's Day or whatever? Right. Next year? We, we you can drop the Woman King. You can drop, you know, Nisi Nash with uh, the rookie <laughs> FBI or whatever it's called. There's, there's a whole lot of crime shows. It's hard to keep up with all of them, even for entertainment writers. A whole, I think rookie feds, I think is what that one is called. But yeah, that's yeah, apparently Hasbro, by Hasbro. You know, really, and I think this is a, a lesson for just any company right like you'd be surprised once they're the, that high level conglomerate where they've got shares of stocks worth a hundred dollars plus or whatever like a lot of those companies own a lot of stuff i mean one of the things and i think i mentioned it way in the beginning of the show the show history that we have a boycott on on nestle in our house right because nestle has a lot of questionable environmental practices and i have a lot of friends and family that are environmental related stuff zookeepers animal folks you know all that but there's a point where it gets hard to shop in some places and not pick up a nestle product because and it's not just like people are thinking oh like candy and whatever it's like no they make creamers for coffees they make dog food and cat food you know like they they own a lot of things that you wouldn't even know and they own other brands that aren't necessarily labeled as nestle unless you look at the like copyright or the fine print or whatever like you, it can be hard to even know who owns what. I mean, hell, I think it's is it Miller Lite? Well, Anheuser Busch, I guess, that owns something like a hundred different alcohol brands because they keep buying up these micro brews and stuff or whatever to keep market share. So, like, even if you were trying to not buy from certain companies and you're like, oh, I want to support local, you might think you're buying a local brand, but it's actually owned by one of one of the bigger companies. If you look at look at the labels, it is so hard to, to keep track of all this stuff. Yeah, it's one of those things we talk about with with food, especially in the U.S., because I think the last time I looked, the four largest food processors own something like 83 percent of the market or something. Like it's a really disproportionate number. And if I remember right, I think Cargill is going to or actually should be closing the buy if they haven't already on like the number three or four company at some point. Like they're picking or of of the I believe of the chicken processors, they're supposed to be picking up one of them. So, yeah, it's just like big companies. And then that's one of the things. At least we're trying to change in our laws is like, hey, let's put some money towards supporting some of these up and coming brands and companies. So you can get food prices and stuff sort of back to normal because one of the issues we're running and I watched a whole special on this not long ago that the ranchers are having is that because you have just these three or four companies that own basically the market, they can just dictate what they are going to pay to them and they can't really argue with it, even though their costs are going up on things like who are you going to sell it to, right? Because you can sell some to the other 17%, but the amount they're buying is so small by comparison. 
So yeah, it's it's a ugly situation. But at least in the case of Hasbro, it's just entertainment items. <laughs> so it's mostly safe there. But yeah, I don't know, man. I'm trying to think. Oh, actually, yeah, because at one point they owned Death Row when they made that other purchase. They owned Death Row Records for like a couple of years. Which people found that funny to be like, wait, right. the company that owns Transformers owns Death Row? Like, yeah, because you bought another company who happened to also own that. Which, by the way, Snoop Dogg owns that now. Yep. So, like, he got the money together and went and purchased it. So now he owns all his original masters and stuff, which I think is what he wanted for the whole the whole reason he went after it. And we, we never got our Transformers Death Row crossover, did we? We did not. Though that right. would have been sweet. Having, right. like, jazz on there, giving, like, a, a gangster rap verse. <laughs> or the other way around. Maybe it's just something on a Transformers episode and like Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre show up or something, right. you know? Transfizzle, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would have been kind of funny. Oh, man. Now, I guess... Well, I see I Eminem is, I think, on the cover of one of the latest Spider-Man issues. So that's, I guess, the closest we're going to get. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He, he's been, like, low-key does a good job of marketing himself when he needs to. You know, just like he got that, like, I don't know if you want to call it like surprise Super Bowl commercial, like five or six years ago, where he was supporting, I think it was GM, because it was something to do with like the city of Detroit and all this stuff, because that's where he's from. And it was a really good, classy commercial. And you're like, wow, that's Eminem doing a commercial like that? Like, uh, the dude knows. <laughs> right? right. He's found a way to keep himself relevant all this time. Now, but what I was going to say is with all this, you know, we're talking about buying stuff and whatever. The holiday season, be very, very, very careful when you're purchasing stuff this year. Because as far as what I learned was I was recently, because, you know, I have a bunch of friends and family like, we don't know what to buy. You. You're so hard to shop for. And I'm like, literally, just look at everything I own. If it doesn't have a Dallas Cowboys or a Lakers own logo, buy that with that label on it. And then I'll just change it out. <laughs> I, I am super easy to buy for. Right. You see a shelf, a light, a lamp, whatever. Trash can doesn't have a Cowboys logo on it. Just buy that. With the Cowboys thing, I'll get rid of my old one. I'll use the new one. It's that simple. But they want specifics, right? So I'm I'm putting together a little wish list for them or whatever, so I can just send it to people on Amazon or whatever. And I was looking at external hard drives. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should be saving even more of my stuff just in case. I don't know. Posterity's sake or something crazy happens. So I'm looking at higher capacity external drives. And I see some stuff that has crazy prices on it, crazy low. Like stuff that's like, 11 to 15 terabytes for like 80 bucks. And like, there's no way that's a real price. Like, obviously this is going to be a scam thing. So I looked through it. It's got good ratings and everything. Like the specs kind of make sense. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's not. But then I start looking at the reviews and a bunch of the reviews have nothing to do with the product. Like there's people talking about, Oh yeah, I got this and it works perfectly in my truck and blah, blah. And I'm like, why would you use this in a truck? Right. And I look at <laughs> Well, look at the next one. It's like, oh, my granddad thought this was the best thing ever. It's really helped remove his pain and blah, blah. And I'm like, the hell? And then I start realizing all of the four and five star reviews on this thing are not even for this product. But then all the ones that are ones and twos are all for the product specifically. So I guess they paid somebody to do the reviews, but didn't bother to tell them to, hey, read the, read the thing you're reviewing. Either that or... I don't know if it's possible. Maybe they had a listing for a thing, got those reviews in, and then once they got their review count up, 
go in and edit it and start switching the items in the title. I don't know if that's possible, but that's the other way I could see it being done. But I'm like, okay, well, let me mark this one for a second. Let me look at another one. Same thing. So what I started realizing is in this category, pretty much anything that was, I would say probably eight terabyte or larger, if it was priced at 110 or less, all frauds. So I got on a, a chat call with uh, customer service at Amazon. We went back and forth. I was helping them identify some things. And basically, we came to the conclusion, like, the whole category just needs to be audited. Because there was a bunch on there that were fraudulent. Like, even while I was talking to them, like, oh, nope, here's another one. Oh, nope, here's another one. All right. But then it got me thinking, well, how many of these categories have issues? I'm assuming it's a lot. Because I can't imagine yeah. it's just, like, magically set up for, you know, only external you know, terabyte level hard drives are going to be a thing. So my warning here is don't shop just based on reviews. Actually look at the reviews, right? I don't, I don't know how many people I do it all the time. Cause a lot of times I want to make sure the measurements are right, or maybe somebody's used it in a similar situation. And I want to make sure, you know, I'm buying the right thing. Cause even though you can easily return, hell, I can go down to Kohl's. It's not far from me and just do a return there for Amazon. But it, if I don't have to, I'd rather not. And I don't want to have like, you know, maybe it's me overthinking things, but like, I don't want to have to like hassle delivery drivers when they're already going to have like a million other things to do. And, but, you know, but really don't let yourself get caught up. Don't get scammed because the other issue right now, especially during the holidays, if you, if you order something right now, you say you're on there, you get the black Friday deal or whatever, and you're trying to make sure that doesn't sell out before you buy it, whatever. Somebody's probably not going to open that for a full month, you know, on the 25th of December. Yeah. And that's if, they're there to open it on the 25th. They might exactly. be away on vacation. You might be holding it till you run into them at a New Year's party or who knows what. Well, at that point, you're past the 30 days to do your returns. And depending on your credit card policies, you may not be able to even get a refund. So these scammers might really get you if you're not paying attention. And I know a bunch of people are going to be buying stuff for their magic collections, storage things, maybe new shelves to put your board games on, all that, like... Just be very, very careful of what you're buying. Like, I get it. We all want to save money and everything. I totally understand. But don't get caught up in it. Like, it, I could see very easily how people would think they were getting a deal and they would have got God on these because they set them up to look as legit as possible. Now, if you're looking at, like, the font and some things on their pictures, it's a little questionable if you kind of know what you're looking at or whatever. But it's going they're going to get a lot of people. Fortunately, Amazon said specifically on that category and those things they were are while we were talking, were sounded like they had people going after it already. But yeah, this ugh. I'd hate to see a bunch of people get caught up in that when it's avoidable. It's probably something you hadn't even seen before, but if you see a crazy price, definitely look at the reviews and you you're going to surprise yourself on some of them, I bet. But all right, that aside, let's get into our topics for the week. Now, I'm sure with all the stuff going on on Twitter, which if you don't know, I don't know how you don't know. I Actually, I commend you if you don't know, because somehow you have managed to dodge all the news on planet Earth. But we've all been looking for alternatives, right? Because things are kind of blowing up. We've already seen that apparently something like 80% of the advertisers haven't come back yet to Twitter. So I don't even know how they're making money right now or any significant I don't think they're making money to begin with. Well... That's why it was always a bad purchase to me. Well, yeah, but I mean, at least have revenue coming in, right? I don't, I don't know where that's even possible right now. And I did see a report 
from one of the people who worked for somebody who has like a they do a big marketing spin with with Twitter. I want to say they had like a couple million they spent in, in ad revenue with them, but or ad spend. But they were saying one of their concerns was even like they started seeing their ad showing up with, you know, basically hateful posts before or after it, which was getting connected to their brand, which they didn't want. So they're like, well, this is stupid. So then they just pull off of that. And then they wanted to try to do something different and maybe correct some of it. But then because a bunch of people got fired, there's nobody assigned to their accounts right now. So they don't even know who to talk to or who could even help with the situation they're having. So they just pulled out entirely which I kind of get. So that's kind of weird. I saw somebody mention like, hey, since Twitter has no HR department, you can just if you apply for a job. Yeah, you worked uh, 10 years or whatever department helps you get the job. They can't verify it. I mean, you know, maybe. I mean, shoot your shot, right? Like really? now's the time. Just say something nice about Elon Musk and maybe they'll that'll get you some favoritism and you get a gig. I don't know. But but with that, and we talked about it last week, you know, that stuff like Mastodon is out there that people wanted wanted to kind of jump to. And I think the problem with Mastodon is in the end, because I, I was looking at it, and, and I think the problem is that it's not very intuitive, right? You kind of have to understand, okay, I got to sign up on a server, but I can still connect with people on different servers. It's just in this, like, middle universal feed or whatever. And, like, there's a lot that's just not clear for the average user. But I will say there have been other alternatives and not that impressed with them. But there was one that came across my feed that I went and signed up for and checked it out. And it's called Hive or Hive Social. And it's actually pretty good. Now, I will say this. If you go sign up, it's going to run a little bit clunky right now, a little bit slow. That's partially because before this week, it was a two person operation. And my understanding is in the last like three days, they got something like one and a half million new users, which is insane in a three day window for somebody who hasn't done a mass amount of advertising or whatever to drive people in. That's a little bit wild. Like, where'd you hear about them? I literally, I don't even remember. I think, I don't know, maybe on Twitter, somebody said like, hey, did you sign up for one of these yet or something? Like, I think that was it. But yeah, the word of mouth was apparently just, just unbelievable. Which is why, because honestly, think about it. That says a lot about what's going on on Twitter, right? Because usually these sites, they'll see maybe a couple hundred thousand or whatever go over. And that's about it. And then they fizzle out and everybody goes back to Facebook, Twitter, whatever. But in this case, like a million plus people, a million and a half people in three days. That's a lot. Now, don't get me wrong. Twitter obviously had, what, a, a couple hundred million or whatever using Twitter. Right? That's you know, there's still a lot of people to move over. I'm not saying it's going to automatically just overtake Twitter or anything. But the things they have said outright, as they are listening, they know what the early problems are. Obviously, they're not used to that much traffic, so things are going to run a little slow at times or have problems. They're working on getting those fixed. They are basically saying they're going to drop the hammer on the hate speech and stuff. That's just not going to be a thing there. And if you're a Magic player, a lot of Magic personalities have already moved over i've seen several of the cosplayers over there a bunch of magic youtubers and streamers i know the professor was already over there uh who else did i run into i want to say maybe one of the guys from game nights was on there already a uh, bunch of people though and it's been pretty cool to be honest i they have some neat features 
because it gives you a little bit of the like discovery feed like you would get say maybe on like a facebook but it's a better layout and then you also have your normal timeline like you would get on twitter so if you enjoy twitter like it, it has a lot of the same function it has your notifications it shows you all the stuff that happened and then you could just go to the general feed or i guess the hive feed where everybody posts i will tell you one thing if you post pictures they are way better there like these nice thumbnails you make for youtube or these high-end pictures you're taking on these new phones show up great there Honestly, like the cosplayer photos, because Tappy Toklaus has already been posting some stuff way better on Hive than it looks on on Twitter. Now, is that enough for it to just withstand all this and still be around six months from now? Who knows? But I would just say, like, there are definitely some benefits. They're doing fun stuff, too. Like, you can link your favorite song from Spotify or whatever to your your uh, your bio and stuff like that. So, like, there, there's some neat things happening. But I will say, as far as all the alternatives I've seen so far, it's the easiest to use. It's the most intuitive. It's familiar. The only issues I have right now are how fast can you recover from your growing pains? Now, I will say, there's a lot of people that got released recently that might actually need jobs that know something about making some social media stuff. No so, doubt. <laughs> just saying, finding people may not be hell. You might get people that come to you, honestly, and be like, hey, we notice you're having issues with this. I'm really good at this particular thing. I don't know how much they can pay them or whatever. I'm sure that's all going to be an issue because this is all new revenue. But I'm sure you're going to have a bunch of companies that take notice too and say, hey, we'd like to advertise with you. We just saw that you now have whatever, like 2 million users. So like, we're in, right? So I'm hoping it works out for them. I, I think that's the biggest issue though. It's going to be looking back from now and saying, because I think they only really have about 30 to 60 days. You know, once we get past the holiday break, have you gotten your stuff worked out or at least got it rolling in the right direction enough that we can say, OK, we see where they're making improvements, because if not, I think at that point you lose your kind of the newness, the new relationship energy is going to be gone, you know, like, and they're just going to go back to what they had before, whatever platform they they preferred. The other thing is, too, they don't have a desktop app yet. They're aware of it. I, somewhere I saw that they would like to add one. So it's only on mobile right now, which is a downside because I, I switch between mobile and desktop regularly all the time. So that is a little bit of a bummer. But for now, if you want to at least go reserve your username and be in a spot where people might be showing up soon, go check out Hive. It's actually pretty slick. I think you need to go there, Brian. Set up your ID just in case. <laughs> if anybody else texts Brian Sionic, I'll be extremely surprised. That's how that's how I got it after going through things that like nobody else probably is gonna. Hey, we'll bro, see. I, Unless there's an impersonator. I have a woman who's camping on Power Dragon on TikTok, and I I don't even spell it normally, so I don't even know how that happened. So TikTok's the only platform where I'm the Power Dragon. <laughs> Seriously, like, and I literally, I tried to get a hold of TikTok. I tried to contact the person directly. I offered cash. Like, hey, I just want to buy this ID. <laughs> and nothing, like crickets. And they've only posted, like, uh, last I looked, like six times. So they're not even really using the damn thing. Oh, yes, yeah, so they probably didn't even see your messaging if they never actually Oh, no, they it. posted since I sent that message. 
Oh, <laughs> that's what really upset me when I saw I'm like, wait, so you actually came back and then you were just like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to keep it anyway. Like, gosh, damn it. Well, like, yeah, I mean, they, they, they're not obligated to sell it to you. So no, totally. But I'm just like, look, you're not used. Like, I'm just thinking if I had an extra ID or whatever, somebody wanted it and I wasn't using it and they're offering me like a real amount of money, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Let's set this up. You can have it. I don't care. They were going to, then they said, like, no, nah, I, I was looking at YouTube. I don't like the way you build magic decks. <laughs> Shame on you for putting those cards in your deck. Now I'm not going to sell you this. That's the plot twist. It's that person. <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> those calls are coming from inside the house. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Who knows, man? Maybe. Oh, gosh. We're we're running long, so let's skip ahead a little. We we have some other categories, but let's talk about this whole FIFA World Cup situation right now. All right, so this this World Cup thing, and and this does, I, I am going to link this to gaming. I do have a point here, but let, let's just, Brian, have you seen all the craziness that's going on with this thing? Oh yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's wild. They waited until, I guess, what, 10 minutes before the thing starts to be like, oh, by the way, no beer. And I think Budweiser had paid what, almost $50 million for the for the right to pour beer at the World Cup. So, so do what now? Not just pour what beer. They were like one of the big sponsors. They yeah. were supposed to do stuff in the venue. Like, I think they were doing something with the players as well. Is like Of course, the reason yeah. they did all that was so they could get the beer. Right? Well, of course. <laughs> You you get all these people like and be hey anybody knows soccer stadiums and soccer fans they're right. gonna need some drinking right and they were gonna get that for whatever three weeks or whatever while they're doing these tournaments like and then they not get it bruh. there's I, gonna be more riots than normal dude you knew they people were, get the because by that point you've already booked your tickets I'm sure that's why they did that you can't be like oh I've already taken the week off or whatever like, oh I can't just turn around and not go now. Oh, dude, tell me. You know them people over... Well, at, oh, they had to be hot. Like, you knew they were I'm upset for them, and I don't drink or watch soccer often, but I was upset for them. Exactly. I, I, you know, I will drink in privacy, or I might have a drink with a dinner if we go out, but I don't really drink at sporting events. Not really my jam. But, yeah, I would have still been upset for, for other people. But then there were other issues, too, I saw that I, they were supposed to have certain accommodations that they never got completed, apparently. So they had to set up these, like, fancy tent setups for some certain things where they were supposed to have rooms and, and offices or something. So that was a problem. They've got journalists that are walking around, obviously reporting all this. And, I, dude, I watched this footage where a reporter, I want to say he was English based on his accent, but... He's walking around. He's he's doing the, you know, reporting on the scene thing. And he's got his cameraman. While he's doing a live reporting, the local authorities are looking at the dude telling him, we're going to break your camera. Like, they are so dead serious. They don't want any of this out. They don't even care. Like, they know people are going to see it. And they're like, yeah, we. this is as far as it goes. You know, like, that's how bad they're messing up, this whole thing. And it's just like, dude, it's... Ugh. And then, you know, you've got other issues going on right now, which some of them weren't happy about because you have the Iranian team that wasn't singing their national anthem or whatever. Because And they were doing that in protest of, if, if you don't know, there's a bunch of stuff going on right now with like women's rights and stuff. And they're threatening to kill their own citizens. And like, it, it's it's terrible right now. But, you know, good on them. Because there's a chance that they may not even want to go home after that. 
You know what I mean? So like that's that's you talk about protests. Like you you may not be able to go back in the country depending on how that's viewed, which which is rough. You know, you you better hope you win some games and you get to go back as a hero. That's you know, otherwise they're they're tough. But there's that going on. You know, it, it's just one thing after another. You know, oh, also stance on gay relationships. So like, don't let that be found out there. Hey, not, not even, not just that. Apparently, even if you, no premarital sex. You go to jail for any premarital sex, apparently. Yeah, and here and here's Straight, the thing. gay, whatever. No premarital sex. And I get it if that's local culture, right? I'm not saying I agree with it, but I get it. It's your country, your people, your religious background, whatever. But I think with that being said, it adds the argument that not every country needs equal treatment for a lot of these events. Yeah. Because, because I do get the idea of just like, we want to spread the events around. We want every community, every culture, every country to be able to experience this at some point over the course of, I don't know, 50 years or a century or whatever. But it just doesn't make sense to put it in some places. Yeah. Hey, yeah, right now it's pretty obvious. They need to be removed from the rotation. Yeah. But I mean, imagine if you are, like, you know, some of these celebrities and some of these athletes or whatever came over with their significant others. Some, you're dating. Some, you're engaged. What happens if, like, somebody in a neighboring hotel room hears y'all getting it on? Like, I don't know what the answer is, but it's probably not good. You know what I mean? Like, I, like what do you do? Like, that, that's got to be wild. And it's just another thing where... You know, I, I off the air, we talked about like the Olympics, right? In, in 2000, that Greece was upset because they didn't get the 2000 Olympics. And they eventually either got it in 04 or 08. But one of the concerns that turned out to be true was that their country was too small. They ended up spending a ton of, literally billions, to build out these facilities and, and the infrastructure and everything that, to my knowledge, has never really been used since. So the country ended up being in debt to host this event that literally is just, you know, a two week ordeal. And it's like, it doesn't make sense to give it to a country like Greece. And I get it. People say, ah, oh, you're playing favorites and just the rich countries get stuff or whatever. But unfortunately, like what's, what's the other solution? Because if you've ever seen the areas they set up for, for something like the world cup or the Olympics or whatever, like, it's just piles of facilities, meeting buildings. And hell, especially if you do like the Winter Olympics, you have like slalom and the high jump and all this crazy stuff you're building. You can't use it for anything else but Olympic level events. They're not like normal facilities you can just go use for other stuff, right? Difference if you're building like Summer Olympics and you have like swimming pools for the swimming and, you know, a, a track for, for your outdoor track and field stuff. Like those things can still be used for like collegiate events and whatever, and you can get some use out of them. But yeah, it's it's tough. And I think in this case, now I will say this. When Cutter put this whole thing on, it was like, oh yeah, we're gonna build this facility. Like if you saw the plans, it was gonna be built out of uh shipping containers. We're gonna use the the wall or the structure for it. And then they were gonna get like repainted or whatever. And then the idea is it would be the most efficient facility they built to host that type of event. And then you'd be able to break it down. And then if another country they couldn't afford to build something or whatever need it you could basically ship all these containers on a couple of boats on over there and then they could just rebuild a structure 
apparently, to my understanding, that didn't work out the way they wanted to either. Which, on paper, sounds like a badass idea, if it works. But apparently, that was a whole thing and involved. And apparently, a lot of stuff, well, obviously, didn't get done in time for the events. So that's led to issues. And just like, man, I don't know. But but with all this, you know, with the World Cup and all the politics and everything else around it, it reminded me of when I was at Pro Tour Austin. And this is back in, man, maybe 2012-ish, 2010. And I remember standing around with a couple of people. And it just hit me. And I said, just look around the room. And understand that there are people in this room some of them playing matches against each other with people from countries that are at war with them. People in those countries want them dead. But when you look around this room, nobody gives a damn about that. They're all sitting there trying to have fun. They're all playing for money. Nobody's mad at each other. People are shaking hands. You know, hell, afterwards, people went out for karaoke and were wearing their crazy cowboy hats that they gave everybody at the event. You know, Nobody cared. And it just reminded me, like, every time we get wrapped up in these big-time politics and everything else, especially around competitions and events, whatever, like, it almost never has anything to do with people in those events. Never has anything to do, honestly, a lot of times with people even under the age of 30, 35. They don't have any animosity against those other people. They don't, you know, those other people want their life to be as normal as you want yours. It's usually some old guard, some politically motivated, some rich people, you know, whatever, that are care to carry on that fight. And it's just sad when you have to see it even worse on a world scale, you know, and just see these things just tearing people apart. But yeah, man, World Cup, it is crazy right now. If y'all want to look it up, seriously, just go look up. I I would even just Google World Cup debacle and probably you'll probably find a whole host of articles. But yeah, there's... We probably only touched on probably about five or six things of like 50 that have been wrong with this thing yeah, over the last week. It is wild. Yeah, it's it's a crazy, crazy mess. You know, it's the time of year where we got to talk about something. And I think it's charity tournaments. Because I think it's very easy for people to dismiss charity events as being like not good tournaments. But I don't know, like Brian, have, how, have you ever played in a charity event of any kind? Um, I'm sure I have. I think I've been. Uh, well, I didn't play. I think I like volunteered at a charity golf tournament. I I don't <laughs> I don't play golf, and me playing golf wouldn't help raise money for anyone. Fair. Now I've done charity basketball stuff, and I've done magic things. And I have to say, like, honestly, the Hunter Burton Memorial Open, one of the best tournaments that I get to be involved with every year. Like, it's the, the, the biggest thing I would say about these when you go to a charity event is that the mood is so different. Because while there is a prize and whatnot, it's usually a flatter payout. So more people get to go home with prizes. But I think people care about the cause more. So the losses don't hurt them as much, right? Because it's like, well, even if I lose, eh, I still donated 10 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever it is to this charity. So like, it's cool. And you get to meet people and whatever. And it's almost like people are able to enjoy the events and care more as just a person, more than a competitor for being there. And that's actually really cool. But the reason I want to bring it up is because there's several events that are going to be running over the next few weeks 
a matter of fact, we're running one this weekend with Degenerate Gaming that's raising money for, I believe, Extra Life. And the prizes that get donated for the things usually tend to be pretty good. And I can tell you, in the one we're running, like, hell, right now, I think there's only, as of the time of this recording, I think there's only like 10 people signed up and there's a pile of prizes. Now, admittedly, they'll probably be like 50 to 80 or whatever come like event day. But your odds of hitting prizes are still really good. You're still getting to donate. The entry fees are usually pretty cheap and affordable because they want the maximum number of people to play, obviously, because they're trying to get people into these, uh, donate money to these different organizations. So in this case, I think it's like a 10 or $11 entry fee. So great, super cheap if you want to check it out. Also, it's low stress. And like this particular one, a lot of times you get different types of formats. So this one's going to be historic artisan, I believe, which means you can just play commons and uncommons, if, if I remember right. So it's going to be a whole different thing. People are just bringing brews and having fun and doing quirky stuff. They'll still be streaming coverage. It's going to get treated like a big event, even though it's going to be just a small group of people and people are going to be looking for something to do this weekend after being done with their relatives for the holidays, you know, at least if you're in the U.S. If you're elsewhere, you might just be done with your relatives because you don't want to deal with your relatives anymore. But I think it's a good good opportunity. I think people should not sleep on charity tournaments. I think there's a lot of cool prizes a lot of times. Good. If you've been thinking about competitive play or maybe you've heard about tournaments and you want to try one, I honestly think a charity event is one of the best ways to try it out. But, you know, like always, check it out. Make sure the prizes make sense, the entry makes sense. And then, you know, you have to ultimately make that decision for yourself. But I think it's totally worth it. I I will likely be participating this weekend. I think other people should participate in some as well. Even if it's not this weekend, there's going to be stuff because people are going to be raising money for food banks, for children's charities to donate Christmas presents, you know, for who knows. There's going to be all kinds of stuff you're going to see. It happens every holiday season. But yeah, just if you see them pop up, don't turn your nose up at them. There's actually some good stuff going on with those. And then to wrap things up, because we are coming up to the top of the hour. Somebody asked this, and, and it mostly came up because it was, I guess the question was more phrased about how do you tell people in your life what you do for a living? And that kind of got me wondering, Brian, have you had to have the conversation with your family or friends about your current career? Because like when you're writing for a paper and everything, that's easy to explain. And like, oh, you're a writer for a newspaper, right? But now you're yeah, doing- You would think so. But yeah, like how, how did like, how do you have to approach those conversations or are those even a thing? I think, you know, like I said, even when writing for a newspaper, I'm not sure people <laughs> always got it because you assume everyone reads or you would like to. And no, not, not always. So, yeah, I think it's kind of because I already probably had a career that a lot of people didn't completely understand. It kind of just transferred over. Like he, he messes around in people's business for a living. That's what he does. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's he professionally nosy, which I guess to some extent was not wrong. And podcasts kind of say, yeah, it's just... you know what? That's a case where they're not right, but they're not wrong. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, because I, you know, I, and we maybe mentioned this before, but like my whole life when I've been growing up, my I was always the outlier, right? My family did not understand. Now, if I was like, you know, when I was in jazz band or whatever, like they get that it's music, it's an instrument, you know, whatever. But 
anything I was doing private, if, you know, even collecting comic books and, you know, I got into D&D and got into magic. They kind of knew what those were, but they didn't really get it and they didn't really know what the benefits were. And so at one point I just got literally I remember my mom telling me one day, just you're a good student. I trust you. I just assume you're going to stay out of trouble. And that's it. Didn't care. There you go. Just went. I don't get any of the stuff you're doing, but it's not affecting you right now. So it seems good by me. And then years later, and this is way years later, this is 10 years later. She shows up at one of the events I'm running. And I can't remember. We're somewhere in the Dallas area. Because, hell, we ran at so many venues over the Dallas area. But she shows up and she's looking around the room and she kind of just goes, so all these people paid you to participate in this. I was like, yeah. And she just kind of looks back around the room and just goes, hmm, all right. And that was it. <laughs> like she just, yeah. No more understanding. Just like, all right, I get it. There's you People care about what you're doing. And all right, I'll just have to trust whatever you're saying from here on out. Right. And that was it. The funny thing is, I think I get more questions from acquaintances. I would say, and I mean that by like friends of friends, you know, when you're hanging out with somebody or having a chat online, they're like, oh, so what do you do for a living? Right. And you, and you tell them like, oh, you know, I do YouTube stuff or I have a podcast. And they're like, oh, there's money in that. I was like, okay. And what I realize is that question only comes up for people over like age 35, 40. Because I think everybody younger, you tell them like, oh, yeah, I do YouTube. And they're like, oh, sweet. They'll just start asking other questions like, oh, how many videos have you put out or how, how many yeah. subscribers do you have or whatever, right? Because they already get it, right? Even if they're not in the business of YouTube, they're used to hearing about it. They're used to seeing people that they, hell, there's people on YouTube that have been around almost as long as they've been alive, <laughs> right? So they kind of go, oh, all right. It's just one of those things. But I think for an older crowd, if it's not a traditional job, it is hard for some of them to process what it is that you do? Because there's nothing in their head they can compare it to. I mean, really, if you think about it, the closest thing they see is like, well, you're on YouTube. That's got to be worse than being a TV star. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because they don't have anything else to compare it to. Not realizing like, well, you're in control of a lot of things and you have brand deals and, you know, it allows us to do stuff like the podcast or streaming or whatever. And there's a lot of avenues for it. Now, I'll tell you one thing. Government knows it's a real job because they will take yeah. taxes. <laughs> like, so there's there's a real component to it. Anytime you start making anything that resembles money, Uncle Sam's going to come and, and check you out. Yep. But yeah, I don't know. Like, have you had an issue at any point with family or anything that you just had to give up trying to explain because you knew they weren't going to get it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely that. <laughs> I mean, as as that kind of goes back to like uh, goes back to writing about stuff, people would be like, "Wait, you you know?" Did I, I've had people think like, "Oh, well, you can't be a, a sports writer because you never played sports." Like that's that never been a thing, <laughs> y'all. Hell, we've talked about that before. I think some of the sports writers they've been writing for sports for thirty years and they still ain't got a clue, you know. So. You don't have to have done the thing to be able to write about it. Hell, I think. And I mean, Howard Cosell, probably the, you know, prototype for a sportscaster. His biography was quite literally called I Never Played the Game. And especially for the era where we grew up, if you could if you could only name one sportscaster, it was probably Howard Cosell. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, I, I give him a lot of credit for even building up 
Muhammad Ali. Exactly. The, those interviews were incredible. I'm the greatest. I'm the prettiest. You're not that pretty. I'm a bad man. Yeah, exactly. like, really ignored the, you're not, they were almost like a comedy team. It they were. Crazy. I mean, like he was great at what he did. You know, like, like, again, if you look uh, more modern, Bob Costas, who is considered one of the, I won multiple Emmys, never played a down or a, a lick of anything. Dude, what's wild about Bob Costas is like, if you see that dude go off the rails and you see him when he's not professional, it's not even the same person. Right. It is so strange because you're used to seeing him like do the proper like Olympics yeah. coverage and be so like, I don't know, like so proper about everything. But then you'll just see him talking about like music or something. And he, when he's super casual and you're like, that's the same dude. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there's people who are who are food critics that aren't exactly. never been chefs. Right. They don't have any formal training. Couldn't cook <laughs> if their life depended on it, but yeah, so they, they don't get paid to cook. They get paid to criticize other people's cooking. It's just nice work if you can get it. Well, very true. But I, but I see why it can be hard for people to explain. You know, especially when you talk to people that I mean, there's some creators I was just talking to recently that are trying to go full time being a content creator, but they know there's going to be that pushback of like, hey, I'm giving up this quality job. But I understand how I can make money doing this. Yeah. I don't know if everybody else understands how I can make money doing this. And sometimes you either have to make the decision of just like, okay, I'm going to come up with the simplest way to explain it about where money comes from and how this is profitable. Or just decide like, hey, y'all are just going to have to trust me and let me live my life and gamble on on me. Yeah, also, because again, long as you're able to pay your own bills, it really doesn't matter for what uh, how much because regardless of the career I, I know very few people who are making what their parents think they should be making that's just that seems like that's a, a universal thing that parents it's something i've tried to do is have a career picked out for my kids like let them figure out what their talents are it's just most importantly what they're happy doing yeah, that's the biggest thing is like because my mom is a teacher, so that's for her. That is the only career that was ever acceptable. I would it wouldn't have mattered. I've got like the president of the United States. She would have preferred for me to be a teacher. <laughs> yeah, that's always tough, right? Like because I think you do touch on something there where your parents, oftentimes, or even grandparents, yeah. you know, family has it in their head of what you're going to do growing up, right? I, I was I actually experienced some of that because well, one, I made great grades or whatever, so you know, I'm I'm the next great hope for the family or whatever that was. Yeah. But I also was a person who, like, I tried a lot of things growing up. You know, I did some sports. I did drama. I did uh, band, you know, a bunch of different things. And everything you even remotely were good at, the family was like, okay, we need to make sure we fully support you in this. So you can do this as a career, right? And it was just like, no, I, I never was thinking about any of things, these things as a career. I just wanted to learn it just because it seemed like it'd be fun to learn and do. And that was it. But I realized very quickly, it's like, man, and maybe it's because, you know, maybe I'm from a minority family and a bunch of people haven't had as many opportunities. Yeah. So you you see that person and going like, OK, we're going to make sure he's the one. Right. And I, and I was also in a weird age space because I had cousins that were way older or way younger than me. So, like, I was the one in that gap. Like, OK, we didn't get it with the other ones, but like, maybe we can get it with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I think a lot of them were kind of shocked when I'm like. Nah, once I found out like how long I was going to have to go to school and everything to be a doctor or a lawyer, I was like, nah, I'm out. Like I was just straight up like I'm I'm not going and like doing clinicals and 
doing yeah. this and whatever for like 16 years or whatever to eventually do a thing. I could be paid way before that. So I went to a two-year college, went and did my thing, ended up getting a, owning a business as it turned out, <laughs> like not, not even doing anything in my degree plan, just the way the world went. But they were also shocked. They're like, wait, you're, you're not just going to go do this thing? And when are you going to get this thing? And aren't you going to go for your four-year degree? And blah, blah, like, uh, no, because I'd be making equal or less than I do now. You know, and they were stunned that I was just like, no, nah, I'm good. You know, even when I gave up the business to go do stuff for Wizards and people are like, you're just going to give up a business that's successful? And I was like, well, yeah, I, if I really want to do it, I'll just do it again. You know? And they were shocked that I even had that kind of confidence. But hell, I feel like... I know way more now about the industry and have better connections yeah. than I had when I started. So like if I started over today, I could be where I was in probably four years or less. But that's because I already gained all that experience from doing the other thing. So like, yeah, I had no, no real concern leaving that. And even then, you know, going like, all right, had my whole deal with card kingdom and everything. And it's just like, well, what if I just go back into business for myself doing content? And literally, you know, I had that conversation with my my mom and she was just like, all right, you bet on yourself regularly and you seem to make it work. So that was that, you know, no, we didn't really talk about it beyond that. Yeah, She didn't really get it. And now she just like when something comes up, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got this cool contract with this thing or I'm doing this fun project or whatever. And we just talk about the job and we almost don't even discuss the money, really. Yeah. God, that's that's the dream to yeah. discuss the money. But I think at some point my family just accepted like i'm different you know i'm i'm nothing in my life is traditional in any way and as long as and i and i'll be honest i've been the one child that i know of that's never had to ask for money i've actually helped other family members you know so i think at some point they kind of go somehow you find a way to make it yeah so we're just not even going to worry about it anymore it's not a thing and I think sometimes that kind of becomes the conversation of you just have to say, like, this is a career path. There's a lot of things in the world that you can get paid for a living that people don't even think about. There's literally people on this planet that get paid to be taste testers for potato chips. That's a job and it pays a living wage. You would tell somebody you had that job in your family and they'd be like, bro, what? <laughs> but. That's a real thing, you know, hell. And for ice cream companies, too, that's a job. But I quit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You would think so. The thing I always thought about those jobs, too, like at what point do you stop hating, start hating that food? Yeah, that is the thing. You would kind of. Because don't get me wrong, like Ruffles is always putting out those five or six new flavors of chips every year or whatever. So that's probably kind of fun. Yeah. But like at some point, you're probably just like, yeah, I don't want to eat any more chips. Or I don't want any more ice cream or whatever. You right. know what I mean? They would all have to start to taste the same and then you've yeah. you die a little inside. But yeah, I, I think that's it is, you know, I there's no shortcut. It's gonna be about, you know, your family and your relationships with them. And you kind of also have to accept that, you know, you are an adult and there will be some things that your family will not be happy with you doing. Yeah. But as long as it's not affecting anyone but you or your household and y'all are good with that and you have a plan you kind of just got to go with it and then prove them wrong you know just bust your butt to where they can't really say anything and if you're happy at the end of the day happiness is a big component definitely all right brian went to everybody they can find you on socials 
Right. I am Brian Sonic on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, at least for a little while longer. <laughs> and uh, our family channel on YouTube is Alan's Ever After. And you can also read my writing over at uh, tiltmagazine.com. I think that's <laughs> the majority of the places I'm scattered through. Right? Well, you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P O W R D R A G N. And uh, I have some stuff that's been popping up over on the Magic Arena YouTube channel, so you can get some extra video footage there of me doing some stuff. And you can follow me on Hive Social now if you want to go sign up on that. I'm over there just under Power Dragon. But as always, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please remember to take care of yourself and your family. And most importantly, remember to be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate other patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base. 